You're listening to the Love Your Neighbor Podcast. Well, welcome. It's great to have you guys with us uh, on the Lynx Podcast. The Lynx Podcast is brought to you by Brandon Wellness. Uh, I want to encourage you, if you are listening for the first time, I encourage you to go ahead and like and then subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Brandon Wellness YouTube channel. Uh, it really helps us to promote, to invest in the health and wellness of our community. And uh, speaking of our community, we have a wonderful member of our community here today. Chase Hewer is joining us. Chase, welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. You're, uh, we've been waiting a long time to get you on here and you got a tight schedule. So it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a privilege that we can get you on here and, uh, get to know. I, I have the privilege of knowing a little bit of your story, uh, but we're going to share your story with the rest of our community. So, Chase, just start out. Tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you came from, sure. how you got to Brandon. Yeah. It's kind of a, that's kind of an interesting story how I got to Brandon, but uh, I grew up in Sioux Falls my whole life. Um, I bought a house there and lived there until 2016. Uh, we had uh, our son, uh, or Aaron was pregnant with our son, and uh, we were looking for a house and uh, didn't even look at any houses, haven't did any open houses or anything like that. And uh, Zillow uh, mm. popped up a, <laughs> a house on the marketplace and we went and came and took a look at it and uh, bought a house in Brandon. Didn't even didn't even know we were going to go to Brandon, um, and so moved here in 2016. So I'm a transplant. Uh, okay. So uh, been here for over seven years now. Um, it's been a great time. Uh, I've learned a lot, but yeah, we. What have you? So growing up in Sioux Falls, you're obviously familiar mm-hmm. with the area. But what was it? What have you enjoyed most about moving from Sioux Falls to Brandon? What's been What's been the uh, the unique difference or what have you appreciated about it most? Well, in Sioux Falls, uh, you know, it's a smaller city, but you don't have like that community feel, or at least I didn't have that community feel. And maybe that was a proponent of myself. Uh, mm-hmm. But as soon as I moved to Brandon, um, you know, I had no more than 10 neighbors from our area come over and start talking to me. That didn't happen in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just the community aspect of Brandon is just overwhelming. And that was really encouraging um, because where I lived in Sioux Falls is more of central Sioux Falls by Sanford. I talked to my neighbors when they were out mowing their lawn, but we didn't know each other. Um, so just moving to Brandon and having that community base and all the neighbors around is just that that's the big difference to me. Yeah. Um, and it gets you more into the, what Brandon's about, right. And yeah. it's transformed what I believe as a, what a community is, because if you were to ask me in 2015, what a community was. <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get to, you, you, the theory, but then you get to live it out. And of course, you moved in right next door to Mr. Brandon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that like? I mean, living by Harlan. I mean, what oh. was that? Oh, man. Harlan, he's a great guy. Um, <laughs> it was like maybe a week uh, after we moved in, he walked over and, you know, Harlan, he doesn't have any. Reservations just walks away. Hey, how you doing? And uh, you go fishing, and it was just great. He's just a fantastic, the fantastic family, and uh, he's still a great friend of mine. Uh, I still think of him as like a a dad, right? You know, and uh, we still talk to this day. And he's just a a great guy, and it taught me a lot of of things. Uh, Fishing got me into fishing. 
Um, oh, so he got you into fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. He did. Yep. I didn't fish wow. at all before this. I was a big, I mean, I'm still a, a, a big hunter. Um, but yeah, I, I did hunting a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I thought fishing was a sinker, a line and a hook and you throw it out there and you wait. Nope. Now with Harlan, he's, he, he taught me some different perspectives and, uh, it's been great and got me addicted to that now. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, it's, I mean, and I, I've known Harlan for quite a while. I mean, it, it's a lifestyle for him. Like, oh yeah. There's fishing, then he squeezes like eating and sleeping around fishing. Like. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's like when you when you call or when we talk, it's it's ninety nine percent fishing related and one percent family. Well, I think that's kind of the general thing for all guys, right? Yeah. I mean, well, you know, living with I mean, him living with three girls. I'm sure yeah. when you moved in, he saw you moving in. He's like, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Somebody didn't go and they went fishing yeah. with. Yeah, and even, you know, Heidi, his wife, I mean, you know, again, very, very welcoming family, and we yeah. still we still love them. Um, and we're, I think we're going to be going out there here soon. To, they just bought a house or, or built a house out there in, in Spearfish. So yeah. um, still want to keep connected with them, and they're just a, they're just a great family, and um, I'm glad that yeah. we were able to meet them and, and enjoy their company. Yeah. And you got lots of other great neighbors, but I, I just I remember yeah. when we first met, you were telling me, you know, you know, and I knew Harlan and that immediately, like yeah. we, we had a mutual, a mutual friend there. So, okay. Well, tell us a little bit about, you, know, you talked about hunting and stuff. What do you do when you're not, you know, at home doing community stuff, doing dad stuff? What do you, what do you love to do? Well, excluding the family portion, like you just mentioned, um, I do a lot of fishing. I try mm-hmm. to get as much fishing in as I possibly can, bearing all the other dad duties and father duties that we have to do every day but yeah fishing is a a large passion of mine um hunting is also but i do a lot of different things i don't i'd like to keep busy i do not sit still um i make maple syrup (laughs) maple syrup i did not know that yeah so i do my own maple syrup in brandon okay you know if i knock on your door it's because you got some silver maples in your yard that i need to tap or would like to tap it first really yeah Interesting. So right now we're in the midst of of maple syrup production. So okay. yeah. Well, see, now you got to tell me about this. I had no idea about this. <laughs> I didn't either. So that's another thing that happened from Brandon. Um, I'm part of the Ed Paulzine um, Cancer Fund or the VFW Wild Game Feed that happens every year. Um, one of the committee members there, um, Jim Johnson, um, he's like, hey, we, you know, we tap maple trees. What, what are you talking about? You know, <laughs> We're not in Vermont or northern Minnesota. So, yeah, it took me out about four years ago and showed me how to tap maple trees and uh, been hooked ever since. And it's really good to go out with the kids and tap the trees and burn it down and evaporate it off. And my mother-in-law very much enjoys the maple syrup. So if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't do it anymore um, to the scale that I'm doing today. Um, but she's I got to feed that habit of hers. So I got to keep she, her happy. She likes the maple syrup. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so so a couple questions now. First of all, how much maple syrup is tapping? Like, how much do you produce in a, let's say, a big year? Last year was my biggest year. I almost did six gallons of syrup. Wow. So, I mean, it sounds, I mean, six gallons doesn't sound like a lot, but it took over 225 gallons of sap to create that. <laughs> Do you yeah. collect it in like what? What do you collect it in? 
Well, every year it gets a little bit more production wise. So I've now invested in a, um, a food grade water tank <laughs> in the backyard. Uh, so I got that sitting in the backyard. Um, I have a, a whole bunch of uh, five gallon buckets. And so, yeah, that's where I make sure I keep all the sap and put it in transport sap. With no maple, kidding. Yeah, with buckets. So now with the with the Ed Polzine wild game feed, is syrup, I mean, is that part of the cooking process of the wild game or is that just a condiment that you guys use? Or I mean, what's, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. Ma- tell me maple syrup and wild game, how do they go together? Oh, they, they don't really cross over. Oh, okay. Uh, so we, I, I, we typically don't use the maple syrup for that. Um, I will uh, donate, I didn't last year, but I will sometimes donate like a quart of syrup and I know Jim he'll donate some syrup because he does it as well and some preserved jams and we'll sell that as an auction item right yeah but uh stuff's gold man it's it's tough to hand out or even if people want to pay for it it's still it's hard to give away the amount of work that goes into syrup production see what I love about that it's like gardening but you don't have to keep I mean you don't really don't have to like tend the trees or do anything special with the trees no you just you just it's as simple as you think. You drill a hole, you put a little tap in it, and then a line that goes into a bucket. How long is the tap in the tree? Um, like how long is it sitting there? Yeah, from from when you put it in to when it's to take it out. Um, that depends. Uh, so depends on how much syrup you want to make. There's a okay. there, you know typically in the springtime, right? It's above freezing in the daytime and below freezing at night. That's when syrup's going to run in the spring. Um, or sap's going to run in the spring, sorry. And it depends on how much syrup you want to make. So I'll pull them out even when the sap hasn't fully ran yet or fully exhausted its, um, its time. So uh, six weeks, seven weeks, depending. Oh. So and it's amazing how much sap comes out of a tree. You know, right? <laughs> 225 <laughs> gallons of sap. Yeah, and that will happen in you know, a week. I got to ask the other question because there's yeah. a lot of people asking this question. So how do you maintain with all of the things that you're doing? Cause I didn't even, like, there's, you got all kinds of other stuff. You're doing. Oh yeah. Yeah. What, what's the key to keeping mom happy, to keeping Aaron happy while you're doing all these things? Or is that how you keep her happy is by staying out of the house? <laughs> I think it's a combination of both, right? <laughs> like she loves to read and you know, me, I'm a talker. Right. And so if I sit on the couch and, She's trying to read a book and I'm sitting there talking. She's probably getting a little annoyed. So maintaining that, you know, going out, still having dates and um, yeah. making sure you're handling all your, your fatherly duties as well. But, um, you know, after nine o'clock is my time to shine, 9 p.m. Okay. You know, she works early in the morning, so she goes to bed pretty early. So from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. is kind of my time. I also don't watch TV or really any movies. I don't have shows to watch or anything. Okay. So, yeah, just maintaining and try to try to prioritize what's important so i feel like like if we lost like the power grid in america like yeah. i feel like you're one of the guys that i'd be like yeah walking to your house and saying hey chase what what are we doing yeah stop over what's we, the plan we got it we got our bug out <laughs> bag we're going we're ready to go man let's let's uh make sure that we can survive and thrive well good that's good yeah. see now see now, now i'm i'm we're not gonna no. Uh, uh, share your address or anything because I want to make sure that the whole town doesn't come over there. But this is this is good. What um, what was uh, t- talk to us a little bit? So when you're not making maple syrup, hunting, fishing, tell us about your day job. So, so how do you finance at- all this stuff. 
<laughs> my wife does. No, I work at Premier Bank Card uh, over there on uh, North Louise Avenue. So the big bank, um, the bank card area over on uh, I-29. So you're driving past Benson Road and you look to your, to the west, that's, uh, that's where I currently work. I've been there for uh, 15 years. Okay, wow. Yeah. So, so pretty much been your whole working career? I mean, pretty much, or? My whole working career, yeah, since college. Yeah, since, huh? since going from college to deciding I was going to be a cop to not being a cop and still working at Premier. Okay. Yeah. So you started in college, have kind of worked your way through the, mm -hmm. have you always done the same thing or are you doing different things? What's... I'm not a bank person. Yeah. I'm not a numbers person. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a talker kind of like you. Yeah. So, uh, what, tell, what do you do? I mean, what's sure. your role? So premier bank card is a credit card uh, we're, or a credit card company, uh, across the nation. So we service, uh, cardholders everywhere, every state. Right. Um, so we have our sister company, first premier bank or Denny Sanford. Everybody knows Denny Sanford. So he owns mm -hmm. premier bank card. Um, so what I do there is I, I manage, uh, the collections department, uh, for premier, um, along with eight other, uh, seven other people as well. So, um, I do a, a portion of that, um, and it's our later stage accounts. So, um, we have a total of about 130 people that work in our, in our, in my area and, uh, just make sure that we're maintaining our budget, making sure our people are happy, um, just encouraging people to, continue to pursue their career at Premier and, you know, be an advocate of us and mm -hmm. inside and outside of Premier. So yeah, it's, it's uh we don't deal with the banking side of it. We deal with the credit card side of it. Okay. Uh, so it's a, you know, we're a very large MasterCard issuer. We're one of the top in the nation. Oh, wow. Um, so we, we do, we do quite a bit. So. How, how do you keep people encouraged that are, I mean, that seems to me to be a pretty difficult job, yeah, right? calling people and saying you owe us money sure. yeah. for stuff that they maybe maybe don't even have any i mean what's that how do you coach or how do you lead people that are in that role where they're having hard conversations literally every day sure um it, you know i think it depends so the way we work uh we have an ability to to help our cardholders out quite a bit um, we have a lot of programs credits that type of thing that we can definitely do that so you know, just talking to people is, I think, a part of of that process. Letting them, you know, vent if they have problems, or you know, encouraging them, telling them how you know what they did for the day, you know, what, and, and expressing you know your appreciation for what they do because they're the real people, right? They're the, they're the ones that are on the phone. I used to be the guy that was on the phone, so I understand what they go through every day. So that that's what I appreciate is, you know, I've been there, I've done it. And yeah. I understand their, how difficult the job is. So they're the real, they're the true warriors, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, without our credit, without our customers, we don't have a, we don't have a, a, a job, but right. without them, we don't have a customer. So it goes hand in hand. So just appreciating what they do every day and uh, making sure that they're aware of that. And, and uh, I think that's important. Yeah. That was important for me, right? When I was there. Yeah. What's uh what was the process of getting into that leadership role? Did you just, you just develop that? You just kind of, that was your fit or were you just, you said, Hey, this is what I wanted. Was it, I want to do this or did someone go, I want you to do this? Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of both. Right. Okay. Um, so when I was on the phone, I, I did, I did pretty well. Right. And, um, they didn't say, Hey Chase, you should apply for this. But, 
a couple of people said, you should apply for that. You know how to collect, you know how to do this. So you should, you should do it. I've never, I, I managed people back at Burger King, worked at Burger King for three and a half years. And I was a, a manager there yes. for a while, but not to the degree that we have at Premier. Um, so I, I applied in 2011 and um, got my first supervisor role. And it's just kind of progressed from there. Uh, I had a lot of great mentors to show me a way, um, a path that's going to help succeed. It's all about managing, you know, people and making sure that they're um, they're properly um, coached and you know appreciated. Uh, so yeah, I had a lot of good mentors. Get a mentor if you don't have a mentor; mm-hmm. um, they're very important um, and uh, help you progress. So yeah, mentors kind of pushed me along, yeah. and it just kind of progressed. It was just natural progression, and wasn't something I I strive for. Um, back in the years, I always used to do things for money. Um, I don't do things for money anymore because I feel I've, I know that that is not a good path that you want to go down. <laughs> um, if you do what you're passionate about, um, you'll be taken care of. You know, so. Yeah, that's good. It's good wisdom. Yeah, you do things now for maple syrup. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm passionate yeah. about that. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit. Let's just kind of, kind of, kind of close up the conversation. Tell us a little bit. Now we we haven't talked about being a dad. What as a dad, what are you hoping? Uh, for your kids, I, I get the privilege to know your kids a little bit. What yeah. what are you hoping that, you know, maybe 10, 15 years from now, what will they look back and go, this was true about dad, or I learned this from dad? What are you, what are you hoping to impress in your kids? Just, just to be around them, just to be there. Like dad was always there for me. He was, uh, he was there when in the highs and the lows, um, he encouraged me. Um, I want to continue to, I want to push that forward with my kids, you know, with, uh, when they have kids, I want them to do the exact same thing or better than me and not mm-hmm. don't be me, be better than me. Sure. Um, so that I'm always there for them. Um, I want to see them succeed, uh, but I'm not going to push them to things that they don't necessarily want to do. My son wants to play football. We'll play football. If you don't want to play football, we'll do something else. We got to do something else. We, and right. we're going to be good at it, right. but um, you're going to pick that and uh, yeah, just be there for them. And uh, cool. they understand that I was always there for them. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, that's that, that to me, it's why we do this podcast, yeah. right? Like, cause um, I think that's what all of us want. You do a great job of articulating that, you know, of saying that. So um, Chase, I, I really appreciate you being here and sharing a little bit of your story uh, we're we're a part of brand and wellness, and uh, you and I have talked a little bit about this. But what would a what would a wellness center mean for the community of Brandon? How do you see that impacting dads and their kids, marriages, families, health? How do yeah. you see a wellness center being a part of our community going forward? I, I think that would uh, for the first thing, if we get a community center or a wellness center, right? I, I believe that's going to help grow the community. And again, we already have a strong community uh, of our neighbors, of people. Um, again, being a transplant, I didn't know what community was. So and now I understand what Brandon has to offer and for our neighbors, church, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing more people into Brandon and letting them experience that, I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, and it would be very welcome to get some new people, more not saying more transplants, but more right. people in the area to feel what, community is and what a small town, large town feel, uh, can be. So I, I think that that's awesome. It also get me to start working out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> well, you yeah. gotta, you, you don't have time to work out. Well, right? I, I, mean, I got to figure that out. 
But if you can do it, like that's one of the our dreams with the wellness center is yeah. that you can, you know, the kids can be doing something, you know, on the turf yeah. Yeah. or on the courts or doing a, you know, a class, mm-hmm. self-defense class, something like that. And then, you know, you can, you can be doing something else. You can be working out yourself sure. or shooting hoops or, um, you know, you're running on a treadmill. That, our hope is really to bring that together because Brandon, yeah. I, I think our greatest resources are people. And that's why we do this podcast and we'll never run out of material. Right. I mean, even, uh-huh. even looking at like, you know, Brandon. So I'm a coach for BASA. I, I coach yeah. Brooks's team. Even having that as a avenue right now, we're having trouble finding space mm. to to practice. Obviously, there's still snow on the ground and it's wet and it's sloppy. We don't have a place to practice really. Um, so even having that as a, a place to bring in additional co- practices um, and just you know have a, a more space to bring uh, more people mm. together would be would be fantastic. Well, we're gonna do it, okay. and uh, this our, the goal is within the next year we can have indoor indoor soccer and yeah but it's going to take all of us i mean it's going to take yeah. literally every house every house in brandon is going to have to to invest in this you know whether yeah. it's you know a monthly uh whether it's an annual whether it's a one-time gift we're really our model is that everybody would have an investment in it yeah. and uh just like brandon you know everybody brings something unique to brandon um to build this it's going to require everybody because we We've looked at different communities and we don't want to go down the road of having a corporate, you know, no offense yeah, to, no. you know, first premiere, yeah. but we want to have local ownership. Yeah. We want to have people in Brandon to say, Hey, I, I'm invested. You know, I have my brick in yeah. the wall, so to speak, um, because this will be, we celebrate 50 years as a community, as a, as a, as a town, as an established city this will be for the next 50 years, yeah. you know, and for, you know, for your, not only for your kids, but for your grandkids and their sure. kids. So yeah, no, I'm excited. Cool. It's going to be a great time. Well, let's, we'll, uh, we'll get that check. You know, you just get that checkbook out. Okay. okay. Do you guys still do checkbooks? Do you, do you guys? No, you, no, no, no okay. checkbooks, no checkbooks, automatic payments. And, uh, if you ever need a check for me, I'll just, you know, do an online bill pay and you'll get a big old check. <laughs> well, maybe we should do, you know, what we should do for fundraiser. Let's do fundraiser. I mean, we can do maple syrup. Hey. For the wellness pa- center. Pancake feed. You got it. Well, I, I mean, well, I'll have to get some more sap. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to do a lot more tap, sap tap. Yeah, that's right. All right. Yeah. Hey, Chase, it's great to have you, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks it. for having me. Thank you for joining us on the Love Your Neighbor podcast. The purpose of the Love Your Neighbor podcast is to build community one conversation at a time. You can help us build that community by sharing the podcast on your social media channels and rating our podcast on whatever platform you're listening from. Another way is to let us know of any neighbors who have a story. Go Leaks! Go Leaks!